Nuggets up 34-20 on the Lakers as we wrap up the first quarter. After one, you got the Nuggets now 11, Kristen. 11 and a half point favorite. Big first quarter for them. Big, big first Massive. quarter. Massive. You know, I was hoping for the hangover. I was hoping for the uh, slowdown. You know, get out there. Lakers kind of jump out early. Not the case right now. Not the case. But it is only one quarter, and as we know in the NBA, uh, teams don't get out of bed till they're down double digits. Exactly, especially in the regular season, it's folks. Very much so. And this is game one of the regular season. There's a lot of games to go, and that's why we bring on our buddy Chris Miles, NBA TV, to start with. Well, we can start with this game. We can start with the offseason for the Lakers. We can look at the Denver Nuggets if you want. Let me tell you something, man. I, Despite the fact that right now the Lakers, Chris, are down by 14 after the first quarter, I do really like this Lakers team. I think they had a good offseason. And I think they put themselves in a position to be real contenders in the West this year, as long as, of course, Anthony Davis and LeBron James at least stay relatively healthy. Yeah, I mean, as long as this isn't a team that thinks, oh, we're going to do all of this again, be competitive, and get swept by the Nuggets. I mean, I don't know why people are sleeping on the Denver Nuggets, man. I've mm-hmm. talked to a lot of NBA people in the past week, Nick, and they're like, ah, oh, Nuggets were a one-off. And I'm like, what are, you, what are you guys talking about right now? Stop sleeping on the Nuggets. They just told the Lakers to wake up in the first quarter of the first game of the season, right? Yeah, that's what's crazy, uh, Chris, is I'm talking to a lot of people, too. And the one thing that keeps coming up is that Nuggets don't have a bench. Like, who do you really count on outside of that starting five? They lose Bruce Brown. They lose Jeff Green. It's like... Before Bruce Brown and Jeff Green got to these Nugget, this Nuggets team, it wasn't like they were highly coveted players. They got the bag because they contributed for the Nuggets, and then they won a title. Do you think this is still the best constructed team in the NBA, or, or do you worry at all about their depth? You know, I just I, I think that's a great question, but I realize what the Denver Nuggets are, right? And this is old man Chris, family man Chris talking, right? They are the kids tell you, Rob, okay? When Kia Tell You Ride wins all these awards, and they're like, oh, it's the best family vehicle out there. And Charles Barkley drives a Kia Tell You Ride, and he his kids are grown, okay? Now, what I'm saying to you is that's what the Nuggets are. They're a team that everyone's used to being like, a Kia, I would never buy a Kia. That's not the car I want. To now the family people are like, oh, that's, that's the best value, the best car out there that you can get. But then people who want, like, flashy Range Rovers are like, eh, I don't like Nicole Elgich. I ain't played slow. He plays like he's playing in mud. He's got 10-5-2 and two in the first 12 minutes, the first nine minutes he's played, you know, in this regular season. Like, I, that's what I think the Denver Nuggets are. And you know what? I'm buying into the Kia Telly Rod. If I could put more money into it while the stock is still at a good price, even though it's already won the awards, I'm, I'm putting more, more money into it. That's where I'm at with the Nuggets. Sounds like the same conversation I had with my wife, and we got a Ford Bronco instead because she didn't want to get a Kia Telluride because it was a Kia. Whoa, so, whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, Hollywood. You got a Ford Bronco? Is this something That's you try bougie. to tell me, man? That's, That's not bougie. First off, I was waiting for you to try to slide that in. We don't do that. That is a DC-only thing. Secondly, uh, the Ford Bronco is pretty great. I do really like the thing. But Are I, you I, friends with Marcus Allen? Yeah, that's uh, a question. Allen, your name. <laughs> God. Uh, all right, so the, the Celtics – 
And the, uh, you threw me off. You, this is what you do, Chris, every time. You distract me. It's been a while. I miss you, buddy. But now you're completely distracting me again. The Celtics and the, and the uh, Bucks co-favorites to win the NBA title and the East right now. Both had great off-seasons. I absolutely love the fit with Dame in Milwaukee. I think it's perfect. Uh, I think his game completely complements what Giannis has going on there. I know that you have been the president and CEO of the Giannis fan club from the very, very beginning, long before he was an MVP candidate. Are, though... Are the Boston Celtics a team that you think is even with Milwaukee, or are they maybe even better than Milwaukee, at least right now on paper? So I'm also torn on this, Nick, because what I've always been a secret fan of is Christoph Porzingis as well. Yeah. The original unicorn, you know that. Yes. And and I'm like, oh, now he's in Boston. I mean, if you want to see a video of how much I love the unicorn when he came into our studio last year. You can find it on YouTube. It's on my page. I'm just like looking up at him, smiling. And you can tell by the end of it, and then he followed me back on the Twitter. And I was like, we're friends now, Nick. We're friends. So I'm just torn. Like, King Giannis or King Kristaps? I don't know. The only thing I need now is for Wimby to, to, to play with one of these guys. I'm like, oh, my brain's going to explode. What am I going to do there? So I don't really have that answer for you. Uh, I would love to see them play in the Eastern Conference Finals, but somehow uh, Miami's going to be there again, and I'm going to be like, oh, the Miami Heat and their boring style of play. No, I'm sick of the Heat. Don't even, to... don't even put that in the universe, please. I do not want to see the Miami Heat go on a playoff run again. I'm done. Oh, no. I don't want to see my spirit animal, Kyle Lowry, who should be working with me these days, right? I <laughs> him out there in the playoffs, man. Not at all. I don't know why he's your spirit animal, and I'm just going to leave that right there because uh, I've got a lot of questions, and we don't have much time, but maybe <laughs> offline someday. What do you think, Chris, happens with Memphis now? Because Steven Adams, done for the year. Brandon Clark, done for the year. And I like Xavier Tillman fine, but he's not really a starting center for an entire year. Like, Would you bet them to go under 45-and-a-half wins? would you bet them to be a play-in team, or do you think that this is a team that could actually maybe go out and, and get some center help, and, and who would that be? Well, Tristan, what you will learn about me is I will go back to the tangent and tell you that Kyle Lowry and I are the same exact height and have the same body build, yet he has made bajillions of dollars in the <laughs> NBA. And when I saw him, he saw it all over my face, and we came up with a secret handshake that he is my spirit animal. That's how thick, that works. That thick boy love. <laughs> oh, yeah. Big booty basketball player. That's, that's exactly what that's I was. That's where I was going with it, but I didn't want to. We don't, I don't know you like that, but maybe I do now. Oh, so here's the deal. Um, when I look at the Grizzlies, and I look, first of all, I look at the landscape out west, and I'm like, oh, somebody's got to drop. Right? There's somebody that we're going to have high early start season that can't finish there because there are other teams that need to rise. Like, for instance, the Lakers kind of need to rise out west, right, compared to where they finished last year. I think the Memphis Grizzlies are the team that falls. I think I believe in the Sacramento Kings uh, as being a team that will, you know, finish in the top five again this year. Um, I believe 100% obviously in the Denver Nuggets. Uh, I think the Phoenix Suns have built a good enough roster that I can't see them finishing outside of top the top three, even if Booker's out for a while, KD's out for a while. I think they have enough guys that can lead them, you know, into a top three spot out west. So when you look at it, I go, okay, John missing the first 25 games. Uh, Brandon Clark out, who was huge for them. Steven Adams out. And I'm like, 
offensively, they're not going to be the same. Dylan Brooks gone. Like, there's just too many pieces of who they've been the past four or five years that are not going to be playing to start this season. They're going to have to try to figure it out throughout the year, which also leads to more injury concerns, especially with Marcus Smart, who's been, you know, his body has been through so much. I, I'm with you. I, I think the Grizzlies uh, will be in the play-in situation. I don't know what I have for wins. Because I think out west, even like 44 wins might have you uh, in the play, right? So I think they'll be in the play. What about the Thunder this year? I, I think oh. the Thunder have a chance to make a big jump, man. Mufasa. Look, <laughs> the Thunder and the San Antonio Spurs are big science experiments. I don't know if you saw that lineup that the Spurs put out there against the Warriors in the preseason game, but they were like, Jeremy Sohan came into the league as a power forward. He will start at point guard. It was like, what is going on? The Thunder are the same way. They just put, like, 6'12 basketball players out there. And like, <laughs> all right, what's your measurement? Is it 6'12 or higher? You're on the floor. You're on the floor. You're on the floor. That's exactly what they do. I mean, SGA is 6'6 legit, and I feel like taller than that when you see him. And he's their point guard. And Josh Giddy is going to handle the rock a lot. I mean, he's 6'7 plus. Like, they're just balanced, talented, great defensively. And they're added Chet Holmgren to that mix. Oh, which was like the perfect player they needed. Yeah, you know, a lot of people were wondering whether OKC was going to take Chet or whether they were going to take the the Jabari, the difference between Jabari and and, uh, Paolo, because there was a lot of rumors about that back in the day. I'm curious, speaking of Paolo, I love the Orlando Magic. They were 50-1 to to win the division last year, and all three of us took them because Mm -hmm. we're high on them as a squad, right? And... Franz Wagner comes to FIBA and he balls like his name is Laurie Marketin. Uh, what do you think about Orlando this year, especially considering they have not just a lot of talent, but they have like 10 guards on their 20-man roster? The, the, the glove don't fit in Orlando right now, and I think they're going to have to figure that out. Apollo Bancaro is a star they've been waiting for. The rest of that team is just like, who fits where? Who do they need to move? When they signed Cole Anthony to that three-year, $39 million extension, I thought, okay, somebody's getting moved. They don't want to lose the asset for nothing. That's how I see that. So until they kind of figure that out, and Anthony Black looks like the kind of player that's going to need like three or four years in this league to like not make silly mistakes. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, okay, they drafted this kid, and then, um, you know, Jed Howard also is kind of like, yeah, I think he's going to need three or four years to play in the NBA. Like, they didn't draft, you know, day one ready guys in this draft either. So, I just think they're now they're primed. If there's a star in the market, I think they have all the assets to, like, if you're a team looking to rebuild, yes, boom, here are our players. Give us that asset back. But the way this team is constructed right now, I'm like, okay, they're right there with, like, the Wizards and where I think they'll fit towards the, finish towards the bottom of the East. Were you surprised that they took two guards uh, so high in the draft this year? Because they get Jet Howard at 11, they get Anthony Black at 6, but Bilal Koulibaly's sitting there, Jarris Walker's sitting there, Taylor Hendricks is sitting there, and I'm sitting there, why, like, what are they up to? They need grown-ups. They, they have enough, like, kids with potential and who's going to do what in the future. I was shocked that they kept those picks. Yeah. I, I, I mean, just... I'm looking at the landscape around the league. I'm like, no, they need to go get, like, whatever star they can get that can score 20-something a game. I mean, Nick heard me say this. I was kind of like, you know, it's really interesting. Not that Bradley Hill would want to go there, 
But, like, that seemed like the perfect fit, that if they can get someone next to Paolo who can score the same way, then I look at them differently. Then I look at them as a playoff team or uh, a team that I'm going to pay closer attention to to see what they're doing this season. Now, looking forward, I I think they have a bright future. I just, this year, I just don't see it. I just don't. All right, still got a couple of minutes talking to Chris Miles, NBA TV. So, Victor Wembanyama's the favorite, no surprise, to win Rookie of the Year. We, we, we know the type of prospect he is, the type of hype that's around him. I feel like the only thing, besides obviously injuries, put that aside, the only thing that keeps him from winning Rookie of the Year this year is if he has a good season, but people look at that and say, well, you didn't exceed the expectations that people maybe unfairly put on you, and he averages like, you know, 17 and 9. Is there anybody else besides Wemby that you look at and say they're at least a threat to winning Rookie of the Year? Now, first and foremost, Scoot Henderson and Chet Holmgren are going to have good enough seasons to win the award, mm-hmm. right? Let's just make sure we all understand that. They're going to put up Rookie of the Year numbers. Here's the problem. Um, I thought Wimby was good. And then when I had to work preseason games, doing like pregame shows, postgame shows, because Wimby was playing, I was like, whoa, what is going on here? <laughs> and so watching every moment of him on the floor, I'm like, oh, this is different. Like, I didn't know he was this good at basketball. Right, like I knew he, and I, you know, I was at his first summer league game. I was like, "Oh, he's long. Oh, he can block shots. Oh, he he can dunk. Oh, he does have a shooting touch." But watching him in preseason with actual NBA players was completely different. Like his decision making, his help side defense. Like Andrew Wiggins thinking he's open five different times and shooting great shots, and Wimby just denying him and seeing like Wimby get these guys' heads. I'm like. Oh, like, I, I don't know what to think of the Spurs. I have to watch their first 10 games because I can't just automatically count them out. Now, to that point, if the Spurs win over 30 games, he is your rookie of the year. Whatever stats he puts up. Because he's going to he's gonna have the highlights. He's going to look the part. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be amazing. So if he plays the prerequisite 65 and the Spurs win 30 games or more, he's your rookie of the year. And I, there's no conversation to be had. Chris, who should I bet on for coach of the year? Oh, let's see. What team is likely to over? Greg Popovich? What's the odds on Pop? <laughs> oh, I mean, they've got to be. They've got to be pretty long. Let me see. How many games do you think the Spurs need to win? While Nick looks this up, how many games do the Spurs need to win for Pop to win Coach of the Year? Well, they they won twenty two last year, right? Popovich yep. is so- thirty to one, Chris. Oh, man, put some money on that, baby. Are you kidding me? Look, I'm only not that he's going to win the award, but you always have to look at it as the overachieving team or the thing that's yep. Pop's going to be that, man. Oh, look at this lineup he put out there with Wimp. Why not? 30 to 1? That's the best degenerate thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> you know, and the amazing thing is, too, I mean, they have they do have other decent talent besides just Wemby there. So, so man, they certainly baby. got the potential to actually really jump up and try to win games this year. Chris Miles, NBA TV. Great Good talking stuff. to you, buddy. Hey, Hollywood, let me ride your, on your boat, man. I will, I'll get, get a ride out of here. You're boat. the worst. It's Pet MGM tonight. Chase Kitty's next. <laughs>